Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston. Uh, before I get started here, I'd like to thank my sponsors, the National Tile Contractors Association, Tough Skin Protection, and ESP Sales. And make sure after the show here uh, to take a listen to the both what all three of those sponsors have to say at the, uh, at the end of the show. Now, also, if you've been following my Facebook page, I did make an announcement today that I am going to be holding a contest. Let me describe what that contest is. As some of you know, I've been asking if you'd like some of my stone and tile stickers that you can place on your truck, on your toolboxes, or wherever you find uh, it appropriate to put them on, a tile saw perhaps. Uh, What I'm going to do is hold a contest, and I'm going to give away a $500 credit, and that credit can be applied to either my live uh, stone and tile inspection seminar, which I do once or twice a year, or it also can be applied to the correspondence class. If you want to find out more about the class, you can go to my website, which is stoneforensics.com. You can also send me an email at fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. So I am not, not going to give away that 500 you know, right this minute, so I want uh, to give you guys an opportunity uh, to put those stickers on your on your trucks, toolboxes, or whatever. So if you send me an email with your mailing address, again, my email is fhuston, that's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. Just send me your name and your uh, mailing address. I'll stick a couple of them in the mail to you right away. And then uh, what I'll need you to do is once you get them on, like I said, the truck, the toolbox, or whatever, is to take a photograph, preferably a selfie, uh, with what the sticker is on and yourself and email it back to me. And at the end of the contest, uh, I'll announce who the, who the winner is going to be. And I'll be judged based on, uh, uh, I guess, imagination. So, uh, however you want to uh, do that, that, that'd be great. So again, the email address is F Houston, F H U E S T O N at gmail.com. Uh, for those of you asking about my upcoming seminar, Stone and Tile Inspection and Troubleshooting Seminar, coming in January of this year, it is full. I don't have a liquor room left, so uh, uh, if you want to get on the next one, go ahead and send me an email as well, and we'll get you on the waiting list for the next one as well. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do a second one in 2020. If I do, it'll possibly be in Florida, but generally I do these every year in January in Las Vegas. All right, let's switch to today's topic, which is going to be terrazzo. And I thought it would be kind of interesting for those of you that aren't familiar with terrazzo, and of course for those of you that are terrazzo, so or are familiar with terrazzo. So I'm, I'm going to take it from the very beginning and the very basics, I should say, and take it to to a more advanced level when it comes to troubleshooting terrazzo problems, refinishing it, polishing it, etc. Uh, Terrazzo has an interesting history. It actually dates back to the 15th century and was developed by by tradespeople who were placing, you know, fancy tile in fancy residence and commercial buildings. And uh, they would end up with broken pieces and they'd go ahead and bust these pieces up and put them in their own homes. So it it became a poor man's floor. Of course, today it's no longer a poor man's floor because it's as as expensive and in some cases more expensive than uh, than standard tile. So that's kind of where it originated. Um, it got 
brought to the United States shortly after that. And as a matter of fact, if any of you have ever been to George Washington's home in Mount Vernon, uh, you can see uh, one of the first buildings in the U.S. that actually had a terrazzo floor. And of course, anybody that's flown in any of the major airports in the United States today, a lot of the airports have terrazzo flooring, uh, as well as some of the older homes. I know back in the day when I was in the restoration business, uh, we constantly were tearing up carpet and tile and vinyl. Uh, I have some of these homes that were built, say, in the late 50s, early 60s, that just the whole slab was basically, basically terrazzo. So let's Let's go to basics and talk about, you know, what is terrazzo? Well, terrazzo is basically, or used to be, I should say, small marble chips that are mixed into a matrix. Uh, and historically, that was Portland cement. And it's poured out onto a floor and uh, ground in place. Of course, today, we have several installation systems for terrazzo, but we basically have two types of terrazzo. We have the Portland-based terrazzo, which is your marble chips uh, and your uh, Portland cement, or we have epoxy terrazzo, which today is probably, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a fairly big percentage of uh, terrazzo that's being installed, especially in commercial. And I'm, I'm going to describe in a minute what the advantages to epoxy over Portland cement terrazzo is, as well as for you guys out there that are do, working on this material how to tell the difference. You know, how do you look at a floor and tell whether you're dealing with uh, epoxy or Portland-based uh, terrazzo? And there's several ways to actually do that. Now, I've been saying terrazzo is nothing more than marble chips and a matrix, whether it's Portland cement or epoxy. But today, we are using all kinds of stone. We're using limestone. We're using granite. We're using quartz sites. We're, we're obviously using marble, but I've also seen it with metal. I've seen it with glass chips. I've seen it with abalone shells. I've seen it with, uh, with I think I said wood chips. Uh, so just about anything that you can pulverize and make into a small form is being installed in, in terrazzo these days, which kind of makes it a challenge sometimes, especially when it comes to refinishing some of the terrazzos out there. Uh, I saw one floor here uh, in, in the Orlando area that had all of it in it. It had marble, it had granite, it had limestone, it had wood chips, it had metal shavings in there, it had glass tile. I mean, so, and that was a real nightmare to, to work on. So you basically have those two types. You have the epoxy-based terrazzo, and then you have the Portland-based terrazzo. But now we need to talk about how the how terrazzo how terrazzo is installed. And you know, depending on whether you're dealing with you know Portland-based terrazzo or whatever, let me let me give you just the overall basics. Okay, the first thing is you start with a slab, and that slab has to be prepared, and these sealers that are on it have to be removed. And typically, what most terrazzo guys will do is go in with a shot blasting and, and rough up the surface. Then they may seal the slab, uh, fix any cracks that are in there, and apply a membrane, uh, anti-fracture membrane, slip membrane, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the divider strips, those are the zinc divider strips, although just not zinc. I've seen them made out of aluminum. I've seen them made of brass. Uh, the terrazzo is then mixed and poured. Uh, and once it's mi mixed and poured, it cures. You end up sometimes with little tiny pinholes. They come in and they grout it. In other words, they bring more material in. And then they grind it and bring it up to uh, whatever grit. Now, typically, and I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit here, uh, typically uh, most terrazzo installers consider an 80 to 120 grit really, really high. And us guys that refinish 
uh, stone for a, a living know that uh, 120 is not that high. Uh, we, we can go upwards of uh, 1,800, 3,500, 8,500, and even higher in some cases. But we'll get into that a little bit later, a little bit later in, in the show. But what I want to discuss now before I get into the advantages and disadvantages is the way Terrazzo is installed. There's basically five methods for installation. The first is called a sand cushion terrazzo. terrazzo. Now, this system is composed of using about a half inch of a cement metric topping. It's consists basically they'll take sand and they'll dust the isolation membrane with sand, uh, or the, the sorry, not the isolation membrane, the concrete with sand. Apply the isolation membrane, uh, a wire reinforcement, and an underbed. And it usually requires about a two and a half to three inch to press slab. So this is probably going to be done uh, with your Portland-based cement terrazzo and on new construction. The second type is what we call the bonder terrazzo. Now this system is composed of a half inch cement matrix topping, uh, an underbed made of sand and cement bonds directly to the concrete slab. Terrazzo is poured on top of that, and it requires a concrete slab to also be depressed about an inch and three quarters, which again is probably more for new construction. Monolithic terrazzo, which is the third type, is composed of using a half inch of cement matrix topping, and it consists solely of bonding agent and terrazzo topping. In other words, no isolation membrane, no nothing. Then we have the fourth type, which is called rustic terrazzo. Now this system is composed using non-ground textured cement matrix topping. The system can be combined with bonded or monolithic systems that I just described, and it requires a two inch depressed slab, and it's classified by its distinct textured surface, and that's our fourth type. And then the fifth type, which is probably the most popular type today, is the thin set epoxy terrazzo. This basically is an epoxy matrix, uses about a quarter of an inch to three eighths of an inch resin matrix topping, it can be specified, as I mentioned, with glass, kind of synthetic materials in there, shells, granite aggregates, uh, marble, et cetera, or a combination uh, of, of, the, of all, th all those exactly. So let's say you have a terrazzo floor, and you want to know whether you're dealing with epoxy or whether you're dealing with cement or Portland cement-based materials. Uh, there are several ways to tell. The first way would be the age. Uh, you know, epoxy terrazzo was brought in probably starting in about the 1960s, became more and more popular as time goes on. And, and today, uh, it's, it's probably most of what's, what's used today is the epoxy-based terrazzo. So, you know, one of the questions you might want to ask is how old the installation is, how old the building is. If you're dealing with a building that was built prior to, say, 1970 or the, even the 70s, it's most likely going to be a Portland-based terrazzo. And that's a guess. That gives you a good indication of what you're dealing with. But how do we know for sure? Well, there's the visual. Uh, you can look at a terrazzo floor, and if, if it looks really bright, in other words, you've got some really striking bright colors, chances are you're probably dealing with an epoxy terrazzo. You just can't get those bright colors uh, with Portland cement terrazzo like you can with epoxy terrazzo. The other way uh, to, to visual check is that if it has a lot of cracks in it, now, I, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I'm not saying that epoxy terrazzo doesn't crack, but it's less likely to crack than Portland cement terrazzo. So if there's a lot of cracks in it, chances are you're dealing with Portland cement terrazzo. The third way is a chemical test. 
What reacts with Portland cement? Acid. So take a little bit of hydrochloric acid, mix a little bit of water. I like using a 10-part water to one-part hydrochloric acid and place it somewhere in a corner on the terrazzo. Make sure all there's any wax or coatings or sealers off the terrazzo and see if it fizzes, see if it bubbles. If it does, you're probably not dealing with epoxy terrazzo. Now, keep in mind that if you're dealing with epoxy terrazzo with marble chips, chances are the marble chips will fizz and bubble. So you want to look real carefully and see if the matrix is etching or whether the marble chip is etching. And that's where uh, what I, I call I carry a handheld microscope with me at times. And you can actually place the acid on there, let it sit and fester for a few minutes, uh, clean it up, and then take a microscope and see what's etched. And you can distinctly see that if it's a Portland-based terrazzo, that the Portland-based material has etched, but not the not the uh, epoxy. So uh, pretty easy, pretty easy to tell. Uh, you can also go to somewhere where you can see a cross-section, you know, maybe a heating air conditioning register or somewhere where carpet abuts to it where you can pull the carpet back and look at it because epoxy terrazzo is going to be thin. Uh, it's not going to be as thick as, as your Portland-based terrazzo. So that's another another way to tell. So I guess the question that I'm asked all the time when it comes to terrazzo is, you know, what are the advantages? Why are we using epoxy terrazzo more and more uh, than we are with with uh, Portland-based uh, terrazzo. And there, there are several advantages. Uh, first of all, epoxy terrazzo is lighter. Uh, so if you have an elevated slab, uh, architects love the fact that it's going to be a lighter material. You don't have the weight that you do with Portland-based uh, terrazzo. Uh, it's more abrasive resistant than the Portland-based terrazzo. It's stain and chemical resistant. You know, as I had mentioned, acids aren't generally going to affect the epoxy matrix itself has very high impact uh, resistance, very high thermal shock resistance, um, very little shrinkage, uh, which means you can have larger sections. Um, you know, with Portland-based terrazzo, if you know anything about concrete curing, I know I've just, I discussed this in my seminar. I've also discussed this uh, on the show as well. Uh, when Portland shrinks, it has a tendency, well, when it cures, I should, should say, it has a tendency to shrink and it'll curl. That doesn't happen as much with epoxy-based based terrazzo. I already mentioned more colors, more vivid colors uh, with epoxy-based materials. The colors tend to be more permanent. Uh, epoxy is non-porous, which can lead to other issues, which we're going to discuss here in a little bit. And a little bit lower maintenance uh, than the than the epoxy terrazzos. In other words, if you have epoxy terrazzo in a, a climate where you have de-icing, de-icing salts are used, uh, you're not going to have the issue you would with a Portland uh, base 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 terrazzo. So many many advantages to using epoxy, and I think that's why you're seeing today and today's day and age why we're using more and more epoxy terrazzos. Uh, you know, a lot more flexibility. You know, a lot more advantages over the Portland, Portland-based terrazzo. Not to say Portland-based terrazzos are still not being used, but if you go into any new renovation projects, especially places like airports, conference centers, uh, things of that nature, you're going to basically see epoxy-based terrazzo. I want to stop for a minute and uh, give out the phone number if anyone has a question concerning uh, <clears throat> any of these terrazzos or any stone or tile question in general. The call-in number here is 323-870-3968. 
if you're listening live, if you're listening on the archives, you can always send me an email. The email address again is F Houston, F H U E S T O N at gmail.com. And again, that phone number three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. Okay, so what are some of the disadvantages when it comes to epoxy versus Portland based? One of the major, major problems I see with epoxy terrazzo, and I see this a lot, especially with what we call an on-grade slab, in other words, a slab directly applied to the, uh, to the ground, is a condition known as osmotic pressure. I've seen this in large jobs. I've seen it in small jobs. And that's basically where when you go in and you look at a terrazzo floor and you see bubbles, you see, you'll see little tiny bubbles either you know, in half inch diameter, and I've seen them as much as four or five inches in diameter, that's usually caused by what we call osmotic pressure. Now, I'm going to explain what that is because I've discussed this before on, on several of my shows. Again, I discuss it in my seminar, and I think it's very important and crucial to understand the difference between what is called hydrostatic pressure and osmotic pressure. Hydrostatic pressure is the pressure of water coming up into the slab. It's just just a, a difference in elevation. And, and the best way to look at what hydrostatic pressure is is to take a, a flexible tube and bend it into the shape of a U and pour some water in it. And what happens is if you, if you kind of move that U a little up and a little down, the water moves up and down, that's what hydrostatic pressure is. And it's very, very low. Uh, the PSI, the pounds per square inch, is extremely low. And in most cases, it's not going to cause an issue uh, with most installations, but osmotic pressure will. So what is osmotic pressure? It's a a little bit more difficult to describe. What the scientific explanation of osmotic pressure is, is a concentration of high salts going through a semi-permeable membrane to a lesser concentration of salt. So you have... You know, one side lesser, one side higher in salt concentration. So, you know, the best way to explain this is to imagine two glasses of water. In the one glass, you have pure water. In the other glass, you have a salt water. Now, let's say you placed a, a membrane over the top of one of those glasses, you know, something that will allow water to go back and forth, but it won't allow the salts to go back and forth. And you invert the one glass over the other. So now you have a glass full of salt water. On top of that, you might have a glass full of fresh water. What will happen over time is they will try to equalize out. So you can imagine that membrane as your epoxy terrazzo, which has no permeability. It doesn't breathe at all. It can't, it can't, it can't the water, that the salt concentration can't equalize out. So what happens is it starts to lift. And that's the basic explanation of what happens in osmotic pressure. So, and that pressure can be great. I've taken some of these bubbles on some terrazzo installation. I've taken a drill, have drilled a hole in it. The water literally shot and hit the ceiling. Now, those of you who are going to ask, what can you do? Can you roll these bubbles out? Can you know put a hole in them, roll the bubbles out? And the answer to that is no. Once that terrazzo, that epoxy terrazzo is deformed, It's deformed permanently. You're not going to get it back. Um, The best way to avoid this, and I don't know why, 
it's not done all the time is to make sure you do either a vapor emission test on the slab or a, a relative humidity and RH probe. Uh, either one is acceptable to me. Uh, there's a debate as to which one is more accurate, which one is being used now. I know the uh, Tile Council now is recommending the RH, the, um, the uh, relative humidity probes. I tend to agree with that somewhat. Uh, but in the old days, we used the vapor emission test. It'll tell you the same thing. If you, you get a vapor emission and, you know, say over five pounds per, per square foot over a thousand square foot and you're getting in the 15s and 20s, it's way too high. So what do you do? You know, what happens if, you know, let's say you're called in and you want to look at the slab before the terrazzo is poured. What do you do? Well, you do the RH, you do the vapor emission test. And if it's too high, now you have to recommend some type of a membrane that will go over the surface and it has to be an approved membrane for that purpose. You know, a standard membrane won't work at all. So, you know, it's ex extremely important. important. Um, so let's back up a little bit. And, and, and first of all, I think that's the major problem with epoxy-based terrazzos is, is moisture in the slab causing that osmotic pressure. And, you know, I just was recently on an, on an inspection uh, at a state here up in Georgia. Very, very large terrazzo um, installation where it's actually not bubbling from moisture, but it's actually debonding. It's that you, can, you can actually see the terrazzo lifting, especially where the, and it's again, epoxy terrazzo, uh, especially where the zinc strips are. It's just literally lifting up off the, uh, off, off the, uh, the slab itself. So uh, it can be a real real, real big problem. All right, so let's back up a little bit before we talk about refinishing and polishing, et cetera, and talk about cracking in terrazzo. Why does especially Portland-based terrazzo crack, although epoxy can crack too? And that is, first of all, lack of expansion, just like on tile installations and stone installations, which we talked about several times on this show. You can get cracking due to expansion, or lack of expansion, I should say, uh, where the terrazzo is trying to expand, and it can't because you didn't take into consideration placing expansion joints. Uh, with Portland-based terrazzo, you can get shrinkage. And when it shrinks, you can get cracking. You can get uh, um, what we call map cracking, or whatever you want to call it, crackle-type look, spider cracking, whatever you want to call it. That's a type of cracking you can get without proper curing. Uh, epoxy, not so much of a problem because it's a non-water-based system, so you're not going to have a curing of it of the Portland, whereas in Portland-based terrazzo, you're going to have an issue with it not curing properly. Uh, misplaced divider strips, uh, lack of curing, which I had mentioned, which I had mentioned. Now, with epoxy, besides the, the moisture issue that I just mentioned, I've also seen it improperly mixed. Uh, if it's not mixed properly, you can you can get a, a, a real issue because remember, epoxy is generally two parts. You have part A and part B. If that's not mixed properly, you're going to you're going to have a have a problem. Okay, folks, let me give out the phone number one more time, and then we're going to switch gears here and uh, look a little bit little bit more into uh, uh, some issues with terrazzo, and especially when it comes to repolishing and refinishing. So the phone numbers are three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. That's 323-870-3968. I invite you to call in uh, with your question and we can, or, or if you have a comment too, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a question. All right, with one thing I did want to mention, and uh, we're, we're starting to get into not only 
some of the other failures here, but uh, some of the problems you guys run into when, uh, especially when you're removing other materials off terrazzo, such as carpet that has carpet, carpet um, tack strips down. And what happens is you go in there, you take a pry bar and you pull up those uh, strips. And guess what happens is bingo, you pull up chunks of terrazzo along with it. Don't do that. The best way to remove your tack strips is to take a grinder, put a diamond cutting blade on it and cut them flush. In other words, you'll, wherever the nail heads are, you take your diamond blade, cut them flush with the terrazzo underneath, make sure you don't dig in. And then you won't, that, that nail, the diameter of that actual nail, you will not see that the head of the nail obviously is bigger, but the actual diameter, once you've ground and polished that terrazzo floor, you'll never see those again. And you get a nice clean, uh, you know, edge there and you won't have to worry about filling it and color matching it and everything else. So remember, that's the best way to remove your tax strips. So you homeowners out there and contractors out there that are, are doing renovation work, uh, don't go tearing those tack strips up. You know, let, let the restoration guy come in there and do it unless you know how to uh, use an angle grinder with a diamond blade. You get to remove them yourself without digging into the into the terrazzo. But uh, do not rip them up. Do not rip them up. Uh, I repeat, do not rip them up. Uh, it can be a real hassle. It's just going to cost you more money. And then the repair is kind of, eh, you know, you might not have a really good repair, especially if you don't know how to color match properly. Okay, some of those. So that's kind of the introduction into uh, some of the uh, what, what should I say restoration or refinishing issues when it comes to uh, comes to terrazzo. Now, is there a difference between refinishing epoxy terrazzo versus refinishing Portland terrazzo? And the answer to that is both yes and both no. Uh, the yes part is yes, we still use diamonds. The no part is, is we generally don't use the standard polishing powders that we would use on Portland-based terrazzo. So in other words, if you're using a, a three-step system, in other words, you're starting rough, say a 60 grit, you move to 120, then a 400, and then go to say something like a 5X powder, uh, that will polish most of your most of your terrazzo floors, unless you're de- most of your Portland-based terrazzo floors, unless you're dealing with... Um, darker colors, sometimes the black colors, the dark green colors require a little bit higher in your diamond grits. With epoxy terrazzos, generally powders don't work that well. They can work somewhat, but they don't work that well. So in my experience, what we have done in the past with epoxy terrazzos is just go through the diamond system all the way up to the you know highest grit. And then what I like to do, now I've done this, what I'm about to tell you as far as polishing goes, uh, works really well with Portland-based terrazzos and epoxy terrazzos, and that is to use a burnisher with a maintenance pad. And, you know, Innovative Surface Solutions has one, uh, the, the Monkey Pads, and there's several other companies, Norton, that have maintenance pads, which are really high grit. And you put them on a burnisher, not a floor buffer. And what I mean by a burnisher, a burnisher is generally going to be you know, upwards of 1,500 RPM and higher and you will be polishing that that material, especially epoxy terrazzo, uh, with the burnishing system. Now you want to be, you don't, you got to be very careful with epoxy terrazzo because first of all, you're first of all you're dealing with thinner material, so you don't want to grind it too aggressively. You want to be careful with metal bond diamonds with epoxy terrazzo, and you want to make sure you use plenty of water because you can end up burning. Uh, the terrazzo surface, which uh, which I've seen uh, many many times, so really really careful there. So, you know, 
I used to love refinishing to, and polishing terrazzo because you can really make it look good. And as I said at the beginning of the show, most guys, and what I mean by most guys, most terrazzo installers bring up the terrazzo maybe to a 120 at the most, generally to an 80 grit. They throw a couple coats of sealer on there and they walk away and they're done. You know, where, you know, a stone refinishing guy is going to bring it up to a much higher grit and put a natural polish on there. Now, if any of you are interested in converting your customers over to a, a, a what we call a factory polish or a natural polish uh, versus a coated polish, you know, a wax or a seal or whatever, I have an excellent study that I did a while ago comparing those two systems. So if, if you want a copy of that, I'll be more than happy to send you a copy of just, you know, basically send me an email to F Houston, F H U E S T O N at gmail.com. Um, I'm not sure if I've got that on my blog or website. I may have, if not, I'll make sure I get it up there. So uh, uh, again, my email address is F Houston, F H U E S T O N at gmail.com. My, I'm going to apologize here ahead of time. My alarm is about to go off here. Um, okay, so uh, what are some of the other issues you, you run into? And I used to run into this uh, this issue a lot uh, when it came to grocery stores that had you know all their displays, and then they would move that display, and you would end up with not only rust, but sometimes you'll get a discoloration, a yellowing. And this happens a lot on the Portland-based terrazzos. And a lot of times, and it also, the yellowing can also occur under carpet, carpeting, especially if you have a jute backing on your carpeting, you can get some really nasty stains uh, in a Portland-based uh, terrazzo that you won't generally get in epoxy terrazzo. There goes my alarm. Apologize for that. Um, so how do you remove that yellowing? Well, you know, you can grind it and see if the yellowing will, yellowing will disappear. And I... Uh, most cases, it will not. Uh, there are some products out there that work really well. Now, I'm not usually a big fan of recommending products in, in public, but there, there is one product that I, I've used that works really well on this yellowing of, of Portland-based terrazzo, and that's a product from a company called Cleanstone, K-L-E-E-N-Z, I believe it is, S-T-O-N-E. Uh, just look them up on Google and, and you'll, you'll see, and they, they have several different strengths, whatever, but it works really well on that yellowing. Uh, of course, rust staining, you know, go back and listen to my uh, stain removal uh, seminar here or, or radio show and you'll, you'll see. Uh, you can also check out my YouTube channel, which uh, I have a complete thing on how to apply uh, a poultice or whatever. So, all right, guys. So I guess that's basically, let me just look at my notes here real quick and make sure I've covered everything I want to cover on, on Terrazzo. If you've got a quick question, again, the phone number is Three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. 870 If you're listening to this on the archives as opposed to live, again, uh, the, uh, the email address to send any questions to would be fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. You can always go on my Facebook page. I use Facebook a lot for uh, promotion of the radio show. So uh, if you haven't friended me on Facebook, just look up Stone Forensics. And uh, I'll be more than happy to uh, friend you there. I have a couple of other groups and, and on Facebook as well for um, uh, for inspections. You feel free to join those. I post a, what we call a Failure Friday uh, every every Friday. Uh, so feel free to participate in them. I also on Instagram. Haven't been on TikTok yet. That seems like it's more of 
less business oriented than than say Facebook would be. I do have a LinkedIn page as well. Again, search for uh, Stone Forensics, and I'd be more than happy at any time to answer any questions that uh, that you guys uh, may have when it comes to anything dealing with stone and tile, whether it's uh, you know installation, fabrication, restoration, failures, or, or whatever. So feel free. I, I invite that. That's what I'm here for to actually to actually actually do that as as well. Um, okay, folks, uh, I guess it's going to wrap this show up for now. Make sure you stay tuned and listen to uh, uh, some of the important information here that uh, my sponsors, uh, ESP Sales, Tough Skin Protection, and uh, the NTCA National Tile Contract Association has as well. So, folks, um, thanks for listening. Until next time, keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bond Stone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains, Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more.